0: Welcome to the Nation's Church podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Hey, look, we're on the second last day of January. We are well and truly in 2023. It is happening. It is moving. That ship is sailing, whether you're ready for it to or not. Oh, my goodness. I would love to be on a ship right now. Has anyone ever been on a cruise before? Oh, gosh. Ruin me. Ruin me. Cause all my issues with gluttony and all those things to come right on out. But, uh, Hey, you know, beginning of the year and it always has this, you know, this fresh start feel to it, which I think is good because we need that, right? We need a bit of a reset. Okay, what am I doing with my life? Let's make some good choices this year. But, but I, I love how... Uh, the, you, you suddenly hit all these different ads and promotions and thoughts and suggestions, you know, it's time It's time to get that brand new car. You know, do do something for you. You deserve this, you know, or, or just, you need to just go have a bubble bath with some cucumbers and a face mask. That's gonna really just reset you and get you ready, you know, or i tell you what, buy this, this, it's half price right now, this dark room tent. You can go camp, that a camping adventure you've been dreaming about, and you can sleep till 9.30 a.m. The sun won't even bother you. Like, you're gonna be sweet. Like, that's gonna get you ready for the year, you know, or it's you know, oh, it's time to upgrade, it's time to get the PS5, you know, PS4, it's done, it's time, it's time to get, the, you know, it's this whole thing of, oh, I'm getting that new thing, I've got to get something new, you know, and then you have that Instagram celebrity or whatever that you follow, and you don't know why, but you still follow them, and, and they say, you know, it, it's, it's, it's time to take more time for you this year, you know, lock the kids in the bathroom, have a wine, and watch, watch Runaway Bride, you know, um, <laughs> Runaway Bride, any fans? Julia Roberts? Yeah, you're all too young, I guess. Look at me, mate, telling you that you're too young. It's a good one. One of my favourite Julia Roberts movies. got Richard Gere. Girls, he's very handsome. Um, silver hair, silver fox, you know. Anyways, we digress. We get this barrage of self, right? Of, of self-promotion, self-seeking. It's all about you, self-care, right? And, and look, none of these things are evil in their entirety, but... You know, because the world is actually to be, God says, enjoy it. It is good, right, to be explored, to be enjoyed, and we're also to steward and take care of our bodies, but let's calibrate what's sort of in our hearts and the motivation of our hearts with the Word of God, right? Let's make the plans and the will of God the center of our lives. After all, we are Christians, right? Like, meaning we declare that our lives are no longer our own, but they're yours, right? Because He saved us for eternity, Yeah. Yeah, we're all Christians, yeah, most of us, yep, cool. We'll go on that journey later. Now, you gotta understand, none of us are immune to this, this, this whole constant wrestle of wanting to be all about ourselves. We can even come into church with that same attitude of, oh, I just want, I want God to touch me and I need God to do something in me. And there's nothing wrong with having that faith and expectation, but last time I checked, church, the ecclesia, the ecclesia was about a gathering of believers coming to worship God, not coming to get something. Right? Now, God is so good and faithful that as we bring our worship and as we surrender, him, He just pours out and He moves in our lives and He blesses us and He sets us free. But that's never our motivation. It's because He's so good, right? And even if He did nothing more in the rest of my life, I'm still going to worship Him, right? Now, I've been wanting to bring you guys, each time I've kind of preached, I've brought you a bit along the journey of, of what it's been like for my wife and I, my family, repatriating back into Perth. For those of you who don't know us, we, uh, we pioneered the, the Phnom Penh campus of Nations Church. We are there for almost six years, and so we've, we've been back nearly two years, and um, this is getting back into life here, it's meant like, okay, well, we don't have anything, like, I don't have like a drill, I don't have an esky, you know, like, we had to buy a car, right? Okay, we need a car to get around, right? And then, praise God, we were able to get a house, and, and look, there's been a lot of amazing blessing and evidence of just God's goodness and generosity, but there's also been a little bit of the dark side to it all right, which we, you know, we want to share the good stuff with you, but if I'm going to be authentic, right, there's, because in everything, there's always the godly perspective, but then also where, like, the flesh, want to kind of wants to come in and suck you in, and, yeah. and what that's looked like for me, uh, coming into settling back here, and, and this whole fresh start, you could say, is I just wanted to get more stuff. Like, like we got a car, and I'm like, well, now we need a second car, like, because I mean, if you're going now, I want, I want to go here. We need two cars, and now, like, you know what? That car's too small. Like, we need a bigger car, like, especially if we're going to go camping. That dark room, it's half price right now. Um, you know, we're going to go, we, we to go camping, right? And then we got a house, and we're like, cool. Well, well, now we need to redo the kitchen, right? We got, I got ideas, man. I got, we're going to knock the walls down in the laundry. We're going to make this thing a nice, big kitchen where the ice going to be sweet, and then the patio. Ooh, the patio is nice, but we need new paving, so we got to change the paving. Haven't got a barbecue yet. We should get a barbecue. Probably a web Oh, what about an outdoor kitchen? Oh, now we're talking. And look, if we're gonna change the, the, the kitchen, well then we also need to change all the tiles connect that. What about floorboards? Oh, floorboards is nice, you know. And before you know it, we're just going out and saying, Oh, I need this and I want that and I need this, and then it's like, you know, it works a bit of a grind right now. Maybe I should do something else. Like then I could get more money, and then we could like do more stuff the house. We go on really cool holidays, like it'll be great. And you know what? Man, big back in the west, fashion just keeps moving, it's hard to keep up. I need to get some more shoes, I need to stay, you know, stay on the cutting. It's not easy to stamp me deliver a word if you don't look good, you know what I mean? like. And suddenly, before you know it, my mind has gone on these bunny trails, and I've gone so just self-absorbed and consumed, and now I thank the Holy Spirit, thank you, Holy Spirit, for grabbing me before I spiraled too far down into that, and helping me realize, man, this is a bottomless pit, right? Like, the desire to satisfy self and serve self and feed the unending desires of the flesh, like, man... It never ends, and I haven't even mentioned my issues with chocolate, you know, like. Now, look, we're not here for me to get a personal counselling session. Now, I'm open to it, though. If anyone here is actually professionally qualified, let's chat after. Me and you will meet in the welcome lounge. We'll deal with some stuff. Um, But but what I'm trying to help you see is, number one, how easy it is for us as Christians to slip into becoming so self-consumed, so about me. Like today right? How much of what came out of your mouth or what was running through your mind has been all about you? Probably 90-something percent of it, right? And secondly, I want to see that, the, that this road that we go on of self-satisfaction and, and oh, what, what do I need to do for me? And, and, you know, it's okay to have goals and things you want to improve yourself, but it's checking the heart, right? That self-seeking, right? To help you understand that it never ends, right? And it does not satisfy. Like, there is never a point of con- contentment or sustained true joy when we seek the things of the world. Right? So, okay, so well, what's the alternative? What's, what's the God design for you and I? You know, what what do we consume ourselves with that isn't self-serving and materialistic? You know, that does lead to actual genuine fulfillment that leads to what we call in the Greek makarios, right? Makarios, that's not the latest IKEA couch, right? It's not some beautiful Greek island in the Mediterranean. No, makarios is Greek, and the word that we use in English is the word blessed. Now, we can often get that a little misconstrued or a little misused, right? But it's best understood as Blessed is referring to the believer in Christ who is satisfied, someone say satisfied, Satisfied. and secure in the midst of life and its hardships because of the indwelling fullness of the Spirit. It pertains to a state or condition of joy. Someone say joy. joy. Joy is not fleeting or circumstantial. So this makarios, how do, we, how do we obtain this? How do we walk in this? How do we stay in this place of blessing? Well, this makarios is found in, in Paul's reference to the w- very words of Jesus in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And he says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. That's beautiful advice right there. And he says, this is what Jesus says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Ah, I don't like that. That's not what I wanna hear. Tell me I just got to, you know, do some praying for five minutes and then like, oh, it's going to be awesome, you know. And I wait, to give and then receive, you know. If you're anything like me, perhaps you might have grown up in, in church and, and Christian parents or whatever, and, and for me, I feel like this this passage was used more as like a guilt trip um, to coerce me into doing something I didn't want to do, yeah. you know, like there's one donut left and that person's like, it's better to give than to receive, Shannon, and I'm like, and take the stinking donut, you know, yay, bless me, you know, right, didn't feel very blessed, right, but as I, as I begin to dive into what this, this is about and, and looked into the Word, I really felt God leading me and, and our church to this passage and the transformational power this principle carries, right, so the title of my message tonight is, Less Me Leads to Blessed Me, all right, turn to someone and say, Less Me, Less me. Leads to Blessed Me, we live, it is good, I worked really hard on that title. I was like, what's the title going to be? If we don't get a good title, what is this message, you know? <laughs> the life of a preacher, right? We live in a world that's so self-consumed. You know, it's all about you. Do what you do, what's best for you. you know, make the change, do what you need to be, do to be happy, And then we just see that society is overwhelmed with mental health issues, with anxiety, with depression, people fighting each other ever, right? Yet in the West, we have everything we need. We are inundated with stuff and with options and with choice, right? So that's all clearly not the answer, right? And Jesus speaks into that. And just like basically every principle that we see in the Word of God that we're called to follow, it lays in stark contradiction to what the world says, God says, well, you want to be fulfilled, you want to be satisfied, you want to walk in blessing, then give. Be about others, not yourself. Oof, that's countercultural, right? Could it be that my freedom and my fulfillment is actually found in me taking my eyes off myself and being about others? Whoa, blessing, fulfillment, satisfaction, that's what comes when I choose to care about others more than myself. Wow, Okay. This changes things, right? Luke chapter six, verse 38. This is now Jesus himself directly speaking. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, you probably heard this one used in like an offering message or any kind of financial kind of thing, like give, it'll be given to you, right? Now, this, this scripture, if you actually look at it in the context, this is not exclusive to finance. It's not specific to finance. Now, heck, if you wanna write a check or a million dollars to the church, you go ahead, I'm not gonna stop you. Does anybody still write checks? I don't know. It's hard to get a transfer that big, I think you have to call the bank. But you know, if you want to do that, you can. But it's not actually exclusive to finance. See if you look in the, the verses before, Jesus talking about forgiving and, and not judging and not condemning and, and he's basically talking about our lives holistically. He's saying this is about giving it'll be given to you, giving your time, giving your faith, giving your heart, your, your virtue, your energy, your finance and your resource to others, right? And we gotta understand the scripture because then it talks about like, good measure, press down, shaking together. What does that even mean? Some of you are like, is that some kind of dance move? It's like, you know, good measure, press down, shaking together, running over, you know? I don't know. Stop it. You know, could be the next next kid's memory verse. Tune out, tune in, stay tuned, whatever the word is. Now, we gotta understand this, right? So the Bible talks about in harvest time, right? So this is the context. In harvest time, The corners of the fields were left for the poor to come and glean off, right? And so the workers, the paid workers, they would fill up their their baskets, take to the barn, unload it, fill up their baskets, back and forth. It didn't really matter how much they did. just They did it until the job was done. Now, the poor, however, when they would come, who knows how far, how long they traveled to get there to glean. And this was, this was their, their livelihood, right? If they didn't fill it up, well, that's all they got, right? And so what we understand is that they would fill it a good measure, as much as they possibly can, right? Then they would press it down to squeeze more in and then top it up some more, press it down, Then you would shake it all together so that it would eliminate any air spaces around the grains, right? So then we can fit a little bit more in, right? And then we're just going to put in as much as we possibly can to the point where it's running over. And that's why I'm going to take this basket home. I'm going to try and hold as much of these grains as I possibly can. So what this is saying is when we choose to be consumed with others, we align ourselves with the heart of God. And so God responds with pouring out more and more into our lives, right? Says with the same measure. So as you pour out love on others, I'm going to pour out greater love on you. You know, I was just chatting with a friend yesterday, and I was sharing about how God's really challenging them about stepping into to healing and stepping out in faith, and they'd really been going through a really hard time, and actually God told them to quit drinking coffee, and we're all spiraled from there. Uh, you know, that's just a word for some of you about coffee. But um, anyways, they were really struggling, to the point where just headaches and not sleeping well and all this stuff, and they felt prompted to step out and pray for someone. I think it was at the shopping centre or something, and they prayed for them, and um. They don't even know if they got healed, I think they didn't even ask, they were too scared of her, but as they got home, they realized they'd been completely healed. Isn't that incredible? That's give, and it'll be given to you, right? Pressed down, shaken together, running over, right? Because it wasn't even about her. Incredible, right? So much of our stress, our struggles, our discontentment, and this lack of makarios is actually due to us being so consumed with ourselves but rather when we choose to be about others, we step into a promise of blessing and joy irregardless of our circumstance. Now that sounds like oh, what I wanna be a part of, right? What an incredible setup this is, right? You'd think there'd be enough motivation of itself just to be obedient because God says do it and because we love God and he's changed our lives, we'll do it, but God in his goodness is like, not only that, when you choose to do it, I'm gonna respond to you sowing into the, into the lives of others. And I'm gonna have you reap an amazing blessing in your soul and your heart and a return as you be about others. That's too good. He is too good to us. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Church, you might have probably experienced this first time, firsthand. Like guys that are at youth camp, you would happily do crazy long hours completely as a volunteer to see a life get changed because there's such a fulfillment in that, right? Maybe you've served in a, in a Lovecom day or the Foster Families day or at a Mega Heroes play day or whatever it may be, and that feels good, right? Or you gave into the REACH offering and you, you heard about the total, and like, wow, look how many lives that's going to impact for eternity. It feels good because we're actually stepping in a place of being about others. But then we slide ourselves back in, okay, me now, me, me, me. You know, I love the heart of John the Baptist, In John chapter three, it talks about basically, the, the, I guess the profile, you could say, of Jesus is growing and and he's suddenly baptizing more people than John. And some of John's followers come up to him and say, dude, what what about you, man? Like, this guy's stealing your thunder. Like, what about you? And John's words are incredibly powerful. He says, Jesus must increase, I must decrease. This is not about me, all right? He understood less me leads to blessed me. You know, at Nations Church, one of our culture statements is that we're about others, right? And as believers, we got to choose and continue to choose every day to lay down our lives for God and serve others, resisting the urge of the flesh to be ever so self-consumed. You know, I'll tell you a, a testimony. There was a woman in our church, and she gave her heart to the Lord about midway through last year. And it was amazing, right? Praise God. But, but I love what happened on the other side of that, of those that were reaching her. You know, she was... Um, She was a neighbor of a couple that attend our church and she would go for walks and walk past their house and and it happened enough times where they started chatting and and, and chats grew and, and then it was sit on the porch and have coffee and eventually they invited her along to connect. And uh, they were picking her up each week, bringing her along to Connect Group, and, and the Connect Group just got around her. She was an immigrant. She didn't have any family here. She was going through a real hard time with her family. The Connect Group just loved on her, journeyed with her, was, was with her. And so she felt like she belonged even before she was a believer. And now, she gave her heart to the Lord about midway through last year, and then at the end of the year, she went to her Connect leaders. And this is what she said, this is a direct quote. She said, Connect saved my life. Connect saved my life. Now, as they were sharing, like, that's amazing for that woman. Praise God. But, but what I love seeing was the sense of elation and fulfillment and, and joy, blessing in the leaders as they shared this. Like it wasn't about, oh, that's so cool for her, but that they got to pour into and journey with this woman. You know, and I remember the, the actual the week that she put her hand up and got saved, she was sitting just over here. I remember chatting to the couple that had brought her, and they were beaming. They were so their hearts were so full. Because the joy was found in what they had seen as they gave out to this woman. They were blessed by being about others. Less me leads to bless me. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. It's very clear. It says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ." Note it doesn't say like carry each other's burdens when like everything in your life is really sweet and sort of you got the best job, money's good, family's good, everything's flying. Okay, now you can think about others. No, it says carry each other's burdens. And in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Then verse nine, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Paul is writing to the church, to believers just like you and me. And he's instructing us to carry each other's burdens. This is the inherent word of God, amen? So it's not a suggestion, this is, this is clear, right? And as we do it, we're fulfilling the simple law of Christ. And what is that well in John 13 Jesus said, "A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another." Right? Not how the world does love, but how I've loved you, love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, through the whole letter of Galatians, Paul actually battles the legalists amongst the, the Galatian Christians, right? Here he's hitting them again. In, in essence, he's saying, Well, you want to fulfill the law? Well, here's your law to fulfill, right? Bear one another's burdens, and that's how you fulfill the law of Christ, right? If you want to be about what's right and what honors God, stop getting caught into legalism and looking for where others fall short or what didn't quite go right in the church service or the worshiping could have been better there or, or what doesn't or who doesn't measure to your standards and actually start carrying each other's burdens. Yeah. Loving people as Christ has loved you. Fantastic. Ooh, that's challenging. Yeah. You know, verse five, it says, carry your own load. Hang on, you just said carry each other's burden, and you saying carry your own load. This might be a bit confusing, you might think, hang on, this is contradictory, what's going on here? Well, let's not misinterpret it. We've got to understand the Greek, it's two very different words, right? Carry your own load actually refers to more like a backpack. And what it's talking about, what it's alluding to is your responsibilities, what you're held accountable for. The Bible says that at the end, we stand before before God and we have to give an account of everything that He's given us, how we've stewarded our time, our lives in following Him, right? Whereas carrying others' burdens, actually talks about heavy burdens. Like it's more than what we can carry, more than we can bear, right? So we have this final accountability before God, Right, where we're responsible for the choices we make and how we serve God with our lives, but we're also charged with helping people to bear the burdens, to bear their burdens, and care for those in the body of Christ. And that actually, then, it comes back to our accountability. Did were you accountable in helping and caring for others? You understand? You following me? Right. So you know what? I know there's people in this church that are not connected in, not connected in to Connect Group, and. To be honest, I actually worry about what's going to happen when you go through these heavy burdens, right? Because this scripture doesn't imply that, oh, if you ever go through something hard, like, or, you know, there's a small chance you're good. No, it's actually implying that we all go through heavy burdens, right? How are you going to manage that when you don't have faith-filled people around you that will carry your burdens with you, praying for you, supporting with meals, standing with you, whatever that looks like? If you don't have that, well, that's dangerous waters, if you ask me. You know, another testimony we had from youth summer camp was this boy's kneecap was out and it fully clicked back in and he could stand and bend it and all this. It was amazing, it was fully healed. But do you know how it happened? It happened when this boy's year nine connect group gathered around him and began to pray and join together in their faith, right? Have we got people around us in faith? Like getting around us in faith, right? Are we getting around others and supporting them with our faith? What's in you, Right. Nothing actually, you know, I remember a guy getting saved in our our campus in Phnom Penh and me starting a journey with him and and just teaching him real grassroots stuff. And I remember teaching him about forgiveness and like, this guy was hard work, I'm not going to lie, but we we had this conversation about forgiveness and forgiving his his mom and and his ex-girlfriend and all this stuff. And as I'm sharing this with him, I'm getting blown away at the reality of God's forgiveness for me. Like, and I've been in doing this thing for a while like, because as we begin to pour out to others, God's like, let me bless you in that. Let me fulfill you in that, right? What miracles, though, could we be missing out on in our life because we're not in a connect? We haven't got anyone coming with faith saying, well, I'm a to believe for that healing. I'm a, we're gonna get around you and pray for you for, for that job, whatever it may be. And what miracles are you missing out on playing a part in because you're not carrying others' burdens? You see, God orchestrates the body of Christ to gather big and to gather small, right? It's very clear in the book of Acts um, as the early church's birth. So if you're looking for an opportunity to give and to carry the burdens of others to fulfill this law of loving others like Christ, well then, be planted in a connect group, right? And for the majority of us that are planted in a connect, well, what does it look like to step deeper in the giving than receiving? What does it look like to pour out and bless others and in turn, be blessed in that space. Let's engage with the heart of God for others and just watch your heart slide into the makarios, that blessing, that fulfillment. Bless me leads to a bless me. Yeah, I mentioned some of the, the, the young teens being activated in the prophetic at summer camp and, and how cool that was. You know why? It was because they were in an environment of other believers championing them in their faith. Right, and now we celebrate those miracles. We celebrate the things that the, these young people are celebrating, are stepping into but how much are we actually prioritizing that for ourselves, right? We think, oh, that's awesome that happened in church, but like, what are we doing for us to step into a space of faith and, and stepping into the more that God has for us, right? Why, why do we do it? Why do we not position ourselves in, in a connect group or in those spaces to grow? Like, oh, we're too busy, we've got all this stuff going. Like, why is that not a priority? What's that about? Is it a pride thing? Because the next verse, verse three, Paul says in Galatians 6, if anyone thinks they're something when they're not, they deceive themselves. He's not implying that some people are something and some are not. He's actually talking to everyone and saying, you're deceiving yourself, right? And this is, let me, let me break this down. This is, he's touching on pride and pride prevents us from one, receiving the help of others and two, from actually bearing one another's burdens and giving that help to others, right? It's often pride that actually keeps us from ministering to one another as we should because pride is self-focus, Right, pride doesn't necessarily say I'm better than you are, but pride simply says, in my mind, I'm more important than you are. So I deserve more of my own attention and love and resource than you do. You understand? You're catching that? Yeah. Wow. Instead, biblical humility tells us, I'm no more important than you are. Let me care for your for your needs, your burdens. Let me carry those with you. Paul writes with the same idea behind Philippians two, three to four. He says, in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Wow, well, I see two sides of the coin what these scriptures are saying. It says, well, the reason maybe you're not too concerned with others, the reason you're not committed to carrying others' burdens and walking in this blessing is actually pride, right? You actually think you're, you're, what you've got going on is more important than anything else. And that scares me because I'm like, man, pride is what, leads to destruction. Pride comes before the fall, right? But I love, we can look at it on the other side and see it's also saying, if I esteem you above me and you esteem me above you, a marvellous thing happens. We have a community where everyone is looked up to and no one is looked down upon, Right. Is that not a picture of unity, am I right? Like in Psalm 133, it says how good and pleasant it is, right? When God's people live together in unity, for there the Lord commands the what? The blessing, life forevermore. Are you getting this, right? When we become all about others, we align with the heart of Christ, right? We engage this unity together, which leads to an overflow of an anointing, and we step in to this blessing. That's how it works, church, and so we miss out on blessing and anointing, this good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, return to us when we make life about me, myself and I. Less me leads to a bless me. You know, so practically there's so many ways that this can be outworked in your day-to-day life and I pray that you will go away and spend time with the Holy Spirit and say, God, what does it mean for me to be about others? What does that look like in my workplace, in my family, in my street, in ministry, in church? But when I look at the design of his church this gather big gather small well then you've clearly got the choice of serving God's house and the choice to be planted in a connect group like that's straightforward in giving you avenues to serve others all right to be about others you know i couldn't count on my fingers the number of times i've been in connect and just been able to share what's going on the struggles in my work in ministry things that are going on in my family and i've been prayed for and stood by and encouraged you know A little more than two years after we'd started leading the church in Phnom Penh, we felt God speak to us about starting an English service, that there were expats that that didn't have a faith community and needed it. And we actually felt God say, you guys need a faith community, right? Because it's very different ministering to a real foreign culture than to people similar. And so we did that. I remember about a year later, my wife Tamara, um, she got really sick with gastro. Um, That's kind of what happens when you live in, in Asia and you've not grown up in Asia, you're White boy stomach in Asia. Gastro comes, uh, comes through a couple of times a year. But um, she was really sick, vomiting, etc. cetera, all that stuff. And so we had to take her to the hospital. And um, at the time, Shiloh was one years old. And so she was fast asleep. It was the middle of the night, it was about 1 a.m. And so we had one of our Connect members come over and stay with Shiloh so I could take Tam to the hospital. I took Tam to the hospital. About an hour later, I get a call from this Connect member and say, hey, Shiloh's just started vomiting and diarrhea. I think she's got gastro too. So I'm like, great, I've got a child there and, and a wife here and you know, how do we do this? And so they're like, no, we'll bring her to the hospital. And they stayed with her and I was able to go back and forth between my wife and my daughter. And, and, and you know, as we, we got out of hospital and we had other connect groups bringing meals over and, and we had a connect group standing and praying for us for, for healing and just to support us. And I just think, man, we would, that would have been just hard, yakka, if we'd have been on our own in that space. Like, what was I gonna do? Like, leave, all right, honey, you're all good. I'm going to get the child just you'd be fine, hunch over the toilet, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, like, we wouldn't have had that if we'd have been obedient to fostering that faith community and then committing ourselves to it, you know, and then on the other hand, right, there's been countless times where we've been able to minister to and encourage and give a word to someone or pick someone up from school, drop off a meal, you know, whatever is, carry the burdens of our Connect family and, you know, it's a beautiful picture and it shocks the world around us, it, it preaches Christ, amen? You know, when we moved into you know, our house in, in December, um, our neighbours kind of got a bit shocked and, and, and commented about like how we had this whole army of people help us move house. Like all the cars and trailers kind of nearly blocked up the street, right? And, and they were like, well, who are these people? Where do they come from? And it's because we're part of a Christ-loving community that understands that it's more blessed to give than to receive, amen? And so already, before we've even moved in there, we're preaching to our neighbours, You know, I'm touching on the the reciprocity of of being in a connect group here and and you pouring into others and others pouring into you. And there'll be seasons where you actually need more pouring in, but seasons where you can pour more into others, right? And that's why we all need each other. That's why we need those communities, right? But I want you to catch that there's such a beauty in the reciprocity of, of others seeking to give and serve one another. And it's beautiful because it's God's design. It's God's design for us. I'm so glad I said reciprocity correctly. I had to practice that one. Reciprocity. I'm getting good at it. You've got too much in you to keep it to yourself. Too much in you. Too much that God has called you to, to keep it to yourself. There's, there's convictions in there. There's testimonies in your heart. There's understandings of the word. There's faith. You know what? There's curries and baked goodies in you that, that others need to receive. Amen you know let me tell you about you think I'm kidding about the baked goodies let me tell you about a girl named Emily she was um kind of come on and off to our church in in Phnom Penh and and um she'd come to connect a couple of times and just really kind of hadn't engaged her family hadn't really connected in and and um every connect we would sort of post this is the meal that we're having these are the things we need to get all that kind of thing and and this week was taco soup it's an American thing uh anybody ever had taco soup before yeah okay yeah cool all right that's right we need the keys for the taco soup um, and um, she brought like this chili mint salsa thing and oh my goodness it was to die for it was delicious we're like oh man Connect just went to a whole new level right like as God's gonna move in worship I can feel it right and um Everyone was just complimenting her, and you could tell she was just really like, oh, wow, thank you so much. And I felt the Holy Spirit really say, you know, go and call that gift out of her, like of food, of hospitality. And, and I just began to encourage that and say, like, that's actually good minister to others, and that's a gift to the body of Christ. And, and she was really shocked, but just began to came, come alive at the reality of, like, wow, I actually have something to give. Like, and, and before you know it, she'd sign up on the hospitality team. And I kid you not, every second week at our English service, we had these beautiful baked brownies and cookies and this spread, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. What a blessing to my body. I mean, the body of, of the church, you know, incredible. And she'd come alive in this. And you think, you know, that's awesome for her, right? But, but I actually love telling the story because I got this joy. I got the blessing of being out, being used by God to help her step into a, a, a gifting, help her step into being used by God in a great way. Like, I'll take that any day of the week. That was fulfilling. Now, I'll give you one more story before I finish. I was chatting to a connect leader just the other day during the week and, and he shared with me this story of his neighbor. You know, He'd been slowly building up relationship, chatting more and, and just being really conscious of an opportunity to share about his faith. And he just shared like really candidly with me. Mean, I was really doubting though because this neighbor just seemed really closed off and, and um, came to a point where he actually got to really have this big chat about faith and share his story. And not long after, he, he, he ran to this neighbor again and this neighbor actually said, I felt God speak to me and tell me I had to change my life. Um, and so can I come with you? To, you you talked to me about this, it was a connect group or something. Can I come with you tomorrow night? And he's like, yeah, 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 come. And so he comes and completely overdressed, right? Like, because when you've never been to something like, well, you like, it's a church thing. A Is that a Thai thing? I don't know. Like, if you've never been to connect before and you're going to start coming, which you are, you don't have to dress like real nice. Just casual, whatever you want. All right, just lay that out there, right? But um, and he just shared, you know, the, the message was great, and I felt something, which he would now say it was God's presence, but. But what he just talked about is how this connect group that didn't even know him just got around him and began to pray with him. He was going through some stuff in his marriage and began to pray with him and and to the point where he's journeyed with this connect group and he's given his heart to Jesus. He's now done Life Found. He's bringing family members along to church. Just complete transformation. I met him this morning. I was like, wow, this is so cool. What an incredible testimony. But as I was on the phone chatting with this leader, right, like just hearing from him, just the the joy and the passion and like the drive for more from that. He's like, you know, and if I've got this guy at work that I'm chatting to him and, and then he's talking about this other name and he's going on and I'm just like, man, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I couldn't, and I couldn't hang out the phone, right? I was like, he's just going and going. Like, because it was just this stirring and he was so fulfilled by being about us, by pouring, by him and the connect he was leading pouring into this guy. He's like, man, I want more of that. It wasn't about himself at all and he just felt so blessed. And he said to me, he said, connects are like little branches that lead people to church and to Jesus. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and so that's my, my challenge to us today. What does it mean for you to be about others? What are the, the things where you've gotten so self-consumed and, and it's been all me, myself, and when I, I mean, God's saying, hey, I actually want you to lay that down and begin to be about others. Maybe for you, it's actually walking out of here tonight and signing up to a connect group. There's actually a booth set up for tonight and for next week for you to intentionally sign up and be a part of it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's you coming forward tonight and responding to the altar because you're carrying hurt. Maybe you went to a connect group once or twice or you used to be really planted and something happened. You got disappointed or... Maybe there was unmet expectations. Maybe you were going through something and, and you thought they would have been there for you, but they really weren't. So you're just, no, nah, the Connect Group thing is not for me. Maybe you're just like, man, I'm too busy. I got too much going on. Well, can you afford not to? I wanna give you that opportunity in a moment, you know? And, and if there's any changes for 2023, if there's anything that you're gonna commit to this year, well, let it be being planted in a Connect Group, Amen. Stepping in and fulfilling the words of Christ to love one another, to be about others, prioritizing that space. Because less me leads to a bless me, amen? Thanks for listening to the Nations Church Podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.